Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. to the one the only hog talk podcast part of the believe and buzz radio networks and you can hear us on all podcast platforms as well as buzz to 106.7 in central arkansas so please like rate and review our podcast and we're coming to you live from the Corey hyman studios and i am your host porter hayes of sports and culture arkansas alongside me as always is jacob davis from arkansas fight and saturday down south and we all of our live shows are brought to you by arkansas brewing company and ozark arkansas and our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting sports info. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV to get the bonus and to get in the action. And we have a special guest that we will bring to you from the Workman's Travel Center hotline. It is Pig Trail Nation's own Courtney Mims. Hello. All the way via Florida. Courtney, um, you, you've really been put to the ringer um, when we <laughs> met at, uh, at the Bud Walton Arena before the women went to the national tournament. So just kind of talk about your time, how crazy it's been, and, and, and all the cool things that you've got to experience since being here in Arkansas. Yeah, well, it's crazy that you say that, Porter. It, it has been a wild ride since I got here. A lot of people think I have been here longer than I have. You know, when I, I was talking to someone just the other day, me and Alyssa, uh, who works here with Pig Trail Nation as well, Alyssa Orange, you guys know her very well. Um, but we were talking to some people the other day, and they go, yeah, Courtney, like, you know, the year has been so crazy for her. And she was like, um, she's been here s- since March. Since March, yeah. guys. She came in March. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of the craziest thing to think about because I feel like I've been here so long. And that's also because of the people I've been surrounded by. Hog fans, no joke. I was told before I came here that they're the best, that they truly are the most passionate fan base in all of college sports. And they are not wrong. Everyone who has said that has been accurate 100 they've been amazing and they've welcomed me in and honestly you know have made my time here feel so special already and also the sports here have made my time here so awesome already too because when i came in so my first week on the job back in march the men were heading to tampa the men's basketball team was heading to tampa for the sec tournament and i got here did a couple of days here at the station, said, hello, everyone, I'm Courtney. And then they shipped me over to Tampa. So right back to Florida where I came from, um, got to cover the men in Tampa, which was an incredible experience to kick me off because, I mean, who doesn't want to cover that men's basketball team and everything they were able to do this past season? It's honestly sad that I only got to come in at the end of it. I wish I got to cover much more uh, but just got to come in at the end there, which was great. I'm glad I, I got to experience and meet those guys and cover JD and Jalen uh, and all the rest of those guys, Stanley. You know, it was amazing um, just really to get to know them and cover them. So then that was that. Obviously, the women, um, we, I didn't get to cover them as much either, but I was excited to meet Coach Neighbors. I mean, again, every athlete here at Arkansas is so, so special. They're amazing people. And uh, generally, it's really one of the best places in the world. Um, and I truly, truly believe that. Um, but yes, yeah, so we covered basketball. And then we went straight into the craziness of softball and baseball. And man, oh man, was I excited to cover the softball team this year. And I was talking to you, Porter, and you know this as well. I mean, jumping in and going, okay, 
here's what they were able to do last year. Can they build off of it? And, oh, yeah, they did. They definitely built off of what they were able to do last year. And I think what Courtney Diefel is building is, is again, incredibly amazing. And she deserves a whole lot of credit. I know she never wants the credit. She always gives it to the players and the staff, but what she is doing here at Arkansas, I mean, I believe that softball team, you know, I know that OKC wasn't in the cards this year, but it's going to be very, very soon, if not next year. And so got to cover them, got to go on the whirlwind. That was uh, the, the softball run and then got to cover everything with Arkansas baseball, which again was an amazing ride. Got to go to Omaha and I've never been to Omaha it was just incredible to go there. I know a lot of people were quite jealous because they said it's just such an incredible place to be, especially if you're a college baseball fan. I don't think people understand what it's like in that town during the College World Series uh, time, but it's awesome. And yeah, I mean, that's I've, I've really gotten really, really lucky. I have to say really, really lucky with <laughs> what I've been able to do so far here in my short time in Fayetteville. So what was the first thing when the dust settled? You finally got your bearings straight and got settled in in Arkansas. When, what, after all this craziness of sport, what was the first thing that when you were able just to kick back, what did you what did you do? Um, well, I sat and I just uh, took a breather. Uh, my parents actually came uh, to Fayetteville last week. And so they came right after, you know, our, we were done with Omaha. We came back um, and my dad and mom came. Now, if baseball... You know, if the baseball team were were to get to the championship series, uh, they were going to meet me in Omaha and get to enjoy that as well. But they ended up meeting me here in Fayetteville. And I just kind of spent the week with them and took it, really took it in. Because you don't understand how cool it is until you just take it, like, you know, you finally have a chance to just settle down and go, wow. You know, Arkansas isn't just the sports, isn't just, you know, the amazing athletes and all the things that I get to do specifically. It's a beautiful area for the nature. We went hiking. My dad got to see Bud Walton, and he's a college basketball coach. So, man, he was so excited to step into that arena. He said, honestly, one of the best places he's ever been. And he's been in a lot of arenas. So I trust his opinion more than anybody else. Um, Yeah, he said it was incredible to be in in that arena, I get to see it. And Razorback Stadium and all of that, you're like, whoa, this is such a beautiful place. This is so incredible. And it just honestly was nice to just take the week and go, wow, I'm incredibly lucky just to be living in an area like this, let alone cover some amazing sports teams. Yeah, you're talking about living here. What's it, what's it like coming, coming in from Florida, coming <laughs> to Arkansas? What have you enjoyed the most? I think I've enjoyed the people. I really do. And a lot of people say that. And I know it sounds cliche, but it truly has been the people. We have such a unique opportunity here in Fayetteville and even Arkansas, the entire state, because where I came from in Florida, yeah, you had sports fans, but they were split. You had Florida, Florida State, Miami, even UCF now, I hate to say it, but UCF as well, you were split amongst major universities. So, you know, people were like, yeah, I'm a Florida fan. Yeah, I'm a Florida State fan. But you would ask them, oh, what, you know, how did your softball team do this year? And they would go, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm just a casual fan. If you ask an Arkansas person how the softball team did this year, they're going to know. They're going to know who the softball coach is. They're going to know who the players are. That's because they care. And they care about every sport. And that is so unique to this state, to this area. And it's really because, A, you have one team to rally around. And, B, you have no pro team. So Arkansas is the pro team here. And, and that's an amazing – I don't – you can't even explain it to people outside of Arkansas. My dad had to come here to believe it because it's amazing to see how many people rally behind all the teams – uh, all the Razorback programs. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. And I think that's been my favorite part is walking up to a person on the street and being able to talk about how the softball team is doing, how the women's basketball team is doing, and not just talking about, uh, you know, the must bus or, or what Sam Pittman's been able to accomplish um, in his short time, you know, as a head coach. And so that's what I think is most incredible and that people really don't understand unless they come to Arkansas and experience it for themselves. And for the flip side of that, you getting to cover 
one program, one team, one one. How is that for you that when you are covering, you get to really put all your focus on this team at this time, or say it's softball and baseball. You know, you're splitting it between two teams at one time, opposed to this team from this program and then maybe four other colleges, like maybe you were doing in Florida. Yeah, I well, especially when I was in Panama City Beach, because that's where I was before as a sports director at a station there. You know, we had Florida State fans, we had Florida fans, and we had Alabama fans since, you know, I was uh, in Lower Alabama and the panhandle there is what they call it, Lower Alabama. So you had Alabama fans as well. So I had to split my time between going, okay, do we, do we talk about Florida State today? Do we talk about Florida today? Do we talk about Alabama today? And you were definitely going to make one fan base angry over the other. And you always had to think about that. You couldn't really connect with the coaches or the athletes like you're able to do here when your focus is completely on the Razorbacks. I mean, there is something special when you get to just go, yeah, I have a relationship with Coach Neighbors. I have a relationship with DVH, and that's because, or I have a relationship with Co Courtney Dyfel because I am covering their team. I am completely covering your team. You know, my my attention is not split between eight or nine or ten other programs or whatever it is, or eight or nine, ten other teams. I can focus in and go, yep. Today we're talking to the softball program. You know, today we're talking to this person and you build a relationship. People always forget that it's so important. These, these athletes are people too. These coaches are people too. They want to have relationships with you. They want to talk to you. They want to know who you are as well as, well, you want to know who they are. And so that's the biggest thing that I've noticed in the difference in coverage is that I'm able to build relationships with these coaches and these athletes that really you don't get to do anywhere else unless you're actually covering a pro team you know and you are the reporter for a pro team you might get to do that but this is so unique in the fact that we get to do this for a college program and it's really hard to when you talk about just covering one team and just the teams that I've been to really not it become personal you know you're, yeah. you're, you're trying to do the media side of it but when you like me, you know, the past four years covering all the women's programs that I have and just seeing how hungry and appreciative they are for the coverage, it, it's very hard to not, like, as I've told Jacob and past hosts, to, you know, really become a fan. So where's that yeah. balance lies? Like, when you come here, you're like, holy cow, this is so awesome, but yet you have to kind of remember, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a newscaster, I'm a sportscaster as well. I think we are in a unique position where – People know that we want the Razorbacks to win. They're, I'm sorry, there's no way, you know, we, we definitely if, want the Razorbacks to win, right? We want them to go to the College World Series every year. We want them to compete for a national championship because we are the Big Trail Nation, right? We are the people who are covering those athletes, those coaches. So I think it's hard to say that we can completely disconnect that because, again, we are in a unique position where we're covering this program and we don't have to worry about a Florida state or a Florida in the same state as us being upset that, Hey, you kind of sound like you're a little bit uh, one-sided, right? Or you're a little bit on that side. So I think again, that, that speaks volumes to the type of atmosphere we're in the type of coverage that we do. You know, there, there's a reason that we, we wear the Razorback red on our pig trail nation polos. It's because we covered the Razorbacks, right? And I think the hardest part for me is especially sometimes realizing that disconnect, right? Is sometimes stepping back and going, okay, I can't get too invested, you know, cause it truly does. I mean, losses do hurt. You know, I came from uh, a dad uh, who, who coached all his life. So I've been brought up where wins and losses, right? <laughs> losses hurt, wins feel great. And I think it carries over into the work I do. And so it's been hard for me to kind of disconnect and go, hey, okay, losses, okay, it's, it's really, it, it's horrible. I don't like it. I don't like when it happens, but we've got to move on and we've got to look towards the future and we've got to move on, you know, and look towards this because it's also hard to not feel a certain way, especially when you get to know these players. I mean, I, I told Alyssa after the College World Series, I haven't been covering the Razorbacks long, but I, I hurt, you know, I hurt for those guys. I felt that pain because you could see it on their faces and we've been covering them all season long. 
you know, we've been covering them through the ups, through the downs. You know, I went to Hoover with them. You know, um, I went to Chapel Hill with them. You know, I was invested. I was invested in what they were trying to do and what they were trying to accomplish. So it definitely hurt and it didn't feel great. But it's, it's like you say, you have to learn that, okay, wait a second. We can move on. There are much, you know, there are great things to look forward to in the future of all Razorback sports. And that's what I always do to like kind of realign myself. I go, wait, there's next season. And, and it's going to be as just as good when you look at who these coaches are bringing in and who the, the guys they have coming back. And that's what I think you have to do in that situation. I know that was like kind of a long-winded <laughs> answer to that. <laughs> that's all right. No, that's all right. Yeah, no, you're good. No, so, you know, we're getting to, I mean, down to 60 days, I think. Uh, before yeah, like 59. Don't, yeah. I think it's on my phone. I think it's <laughs> yeah. like 59, 58. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm always constantly, I'm like, man, is it 59 or 58 days? So what's the feeling around the studio about the Razorback football team coming up? Oh, we're all very excited. I think I can speak for everyone when we say we're all very excited. I am extra excited. And I know our newest member, Will Moclair, is pretty excited too. It is my first football season. I know that's hard to believe. Everyone wants to believe I've been here for a year. I was not here last football season. So I think I'm even more excited because I've been to Bud Walton. I've been to Baum Walker. I've been to Bogle Park. I, you know, I've been to track and field events. I have not been to a football game in Razorback Stadium. And I think that is, is super exciting for me personally, for me. But when you look at this Sam Pittman team and you look at what they were able to do last year. You've obviously got to be excited that KJ's coming back. You've got to be excited about the guys they've brought in as well to the program. And I hate when I look at national media and I look at people talking about the Razorbacks. Yeah, some are, people are very excited and some people are like, ooh, watch out, you guys. You have a really tough schedule. And I agree. I think, yes, there is a really tough schedule and this football team is going to face a lot of challenges because they go through a gauntlet, um, especially when you look at that schedule and how hard it is and the games they have to play back to back to back. Um, I think that it's going to be a really good season, though. I'm not – a lot of people would listen to that and go, oh, well, they're going to have a bad season. No, I think it's going to be a really, really good season. It's going to be a test for these guys, especially with how much – you know, adversity they're going to have to face, especially in down the stretch and especially, you know, after the first couple of weeks of the season when, you know, they face, I think it's like they go Texas A&M, Alabama, something like that. And then there are three, three games are on the road and back to back to back and they have a bye week in between. But man, that still is tough to do uh, when you're constantly on the road. So I think it's going to be a good season. Uh, it's when you look at the games they will play. It won't be easy. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I think it's going to be really, really exciting. I'm excited for the games, uh, for the opponents they'll face and the games that, that they have scheduled so far uh, and where this season will take us to. Well, you're going to get a treat, you know, your first games against Cincinnati, then you got <gasps> South Carolina. So, I mean, it's, I know. It, you know, it's not going to be the, the Alcorn State or Nickel State, you know, they're no. opening up with, you know, pretty tough opponent that come from the college football playoffs. So, you know, there's going to be a big – it seems like Arkansas has always had that chip on their shoulder they about do. The, the tough schedule. And I, to me, I think it's a little bit of laziness by the national media because that's what yes. they've said for the past three years. It, it's mm -hmm. easy. You could say that about any team in the SEC West. You have the toughest yeah. schedule in, the, in college football because you're playing in the toughest division, much less the toughest conference. So I guess I say that to say this is just – when you when you've got your coordinators coming back and you've got the continuity, you know how big of an advantage do you think that's going to give Arkansas this year? Knowing that they've got their core pieces, yes, they've got to fill some holes, but pretty much they got their core pieces back. Oh, I think that gives them huge confidence. I, I think anyone would tell you that that gives them huge confidence. I even said it a few weeks ago on the radio that I think they are set up better than anybody else because these guys are getting they're getting to gel. They know their coaches. They know, you know, who they're playing for. Sam Pittman is obviously a very, very talented head coach. He's got good uh, assistant coaches surrounding him as well. And guys, you know, I mean, when you have an OC um, and, and a, a defensive coordinator coming back, that shows the, how much they believe in this program and what it can do and where 
they, that it can take them because any of these guys could have gone somewhere else. Come on. I mean, they could have. They were set up uh, where they could have gotten any job that they wanted to, but they chose to stay at Arkansas. And that tells me that they believe in what this program can do. They looked at that gauntlet of a schedule and they said, let's do it. Let's do it. We're ready to attack that. We're ready to face that. And I think that gives you so much confidence that you have all these guys who are sitting there going, we believe in what this team can do this year. Now we have to go and execute it. And Porter, I think you bring up a great point, that chip on the shoulder. If you're reading what the national media is saying about you, I think I just saw two articles today that came out and said, good luck, Arkansas. Sassily, good luck, Arkansas. Have Have a good time. And these guys are reading that. If they tell you they're not, they definitely are. They're reading it. They're seeing it. And they're laughing. They're laughing to each other and going, they have no idea what we're going to be able to accomplish next year. I mean, I look I look at the defense alone, and I'm excited. Right? I mean, we, we saw it at spring. I'm going, man, this is awesome. Drew Sanders, I don't think, you know, Anybody really understands what a get Drew Sanders was for the defense. When I was watching him at spring, I was like, man, this guy's awesome. I mean, Alabama, thank you for having too many, you know, too too packed of a a, a defense to give him up because, man, he is a star. And I don't think people understand that yet, and rightfully so. The national media hasn't sat in practice like we have. The national media – hasn't been in those meetings every day, hasn't been with these coaches, with these players. So yeah, okay, go ahead and underestimate them. Go ahead. I dare you to, because I think you're going to be shocked what come when the season starts and they take on Cincinnati and they prove a lot of people wrong. Porter, I told you, man. I told you. <laughs> yeah. she, she's sharing the same excitement that yeah. I have for this team this season. I'm, it starts thank you. Thank you, Jacob. <laughs> And you've I got, feel like you I'm got, like ready to go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you've got, I mean, she's she's right though because you have all these transfers, these guys that are mm-hmm. coming from Power Five programs. I mean, I think you have eight eight of them. Eight, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have both offense and defense, but you add the experience, Courtney, mm-hmm. and 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 these guys are coming from national championship contenders. Yep, and, and you have and the they, guys coming from LSU and Georgia. They're starters. Yeah, and there are reasons why they left. And a lot of people go, oh, well, they left because of this. No, they left because they were, you know, third string to, you know, other two guys that are, that are, you know, I wouldn't say much better than them, but I would say is equally as talented, right? Because that's what these big programs are doing. They're recruiting as much as they can. They're bringing in as much talent as they can. So, hey, their loss, our gain, our gain, seriously. Yeah, and I think that's the thing where it comes into play is we're not used to seeing the talent from the transfer portal. We've seen it in yeah. the other sports where, where they've come in in women's basketball and what you know the softball team does. So I guess this is going to be the first kind of glance of what we're going to be able to witness in football when we get to top-notch transfers. I mean, there's – you know, you got guys from Georgia, LSU, and yeah. Alabama. So I think that's going to be – and I told Jacob last week, you know, my biggest concern is not the defense. I think that's solid no. anchored down. Mine was – more so, if you got KJ coming back, you got a good run game. But you know, who are you going to throw to? Who's that guy that's going to get you that catch on a third down when when you need to count on somebody? And and that's not proven yet because you know with with Burks going to the NFL draft. Right. So to me, if you if you got concerns at the wide receiver position, you're going to be overcompensating it on the run game. So that was my concern when moving forward. How well they because we know in in today's game you're going to have to score. 20, 30, 40 points. So it's just – so from what you've seen at spring practice, I mean, a lot – and that's where I guess, you know, we're all left in the dark, you know, because how secretive college coaches have to be with their practices. You know, what did you get to see on the offensive side of the ball that can kind of reassure fans that that, that they're going to be okay? Well, I think it's like what you said. I think, you know, when you lose – lot of your wide receivers you know you you've got to step it up somewhere else and that is when you come to the run game I I think fans shouldn't be really concerned I I think and here's 
honestly, we don't get to see everything at spring either. We saw the defense be the talking point of spring and the offense. Yeah, they really did take a back seat, but I honestly almost think that's what Sam Pittman kind of wanted. You never really get to see a crazy offensive explosion at spring games. And if you do, it's because the coaches have written up plays where they've been like, okay, we're going to show off this guy and we're going to show off this guy. We're going to, we're going to show off this guy and and that's how it's going to be it's not real and i hate to say that but it, it it really isn't you know there was a lot of times i went to florida spring games and i'm like okay guys this is a dog and pony show you know who are we going to show off what plays have you written for this guy or this guy or this guy and then come when the season begins you're like whoa wait that was not what i saw in spring it's because you know it's a um a, it's a kind of uh i guess what i'm looking for is it's a kind of enclosed kind of, hey, this is what we're doing, controlled environment, right? So I don't think you can glean too much from Springer. You can really go, hey, because we didn't see the offense show up, that that means we're not going to see them show up when it comes to um, – when it comes to the fall, I, I don't think that. I think fall camp will give us a little bit more of an idea who's emerging as as some of the guys that you know. Hey, KJ Jefferson can trust. I think I saw something the other day where KJ was like, you know, uh, Hazelwood and I have really been bonding a lot, and we've been really doing a lot of work together. I think that bodes well that they're spending time outside of practice. They're bonding. They're doing things. They're uh, they're training together. They're working on things that they never stop. So they're working on building that relationship. Maybe because hey. We needed a little bit of extra oomph after spring going into fall. And I think building that relationship, that should be a good indicator for fans. Hey, it's going to be okay. I also think that you got to love what Rocket Sanders <laughs> was doing at spring as well. I mean, uh, he was a big talking point of the day. I think he's going to emerge as a big guy that we'll see um, in in the ne- in this upcoming season. And I've talked to some other people about it who go, yeah, Definitely, he's a guy that we have our sights set on because we know he's going to be a big factor in this uh, upcoming season for the Razorbacks. So I think you have guys there who can do it and can step up. We'll kind of see what happens in the first game. I think fall and fall practice and that first game are really going to be telling to what's going on, what Sam Pittman is doing with that offense. But I, I trust it. I really do. I, I, I think fans shouldn't have anything to worry about. I think if the first two games don't go as well as planned, I still think fans shouldn't really worry much because I think they have guys, they have the talent. It just all has to come together and gel. And just how much pressure do you think that's on, you know, college football as a whole? You're talking about the, you know, the close practice and, you know, mm. if they lose one or two games, say, you, you know, you're a championship yeah. contender and you lose that game to Cincinnati, basically your your national championship hopes are over with in, in week one. So, I mean, it's weird that, you know, how much do you think that holds back a team in preparedness because they don't want to show their cards too early? But then again, what does it do to a college coach's mindset of knowing that, we lose one or two games. I mean, the rest of the season is just a crapshoot. Yeah, I mean, it really is. But I think even if you, you know, obviously you want to go out and win those first couple of games. You want to go out and start off with a bang because it definitely affects the mindset of the players when they say, oh, man, let's say we lost to Cincinnati. Man, we lost to Cincinnati. Now you're going and taking on a South Carolina team, and you're like, well, are we going to beat this team? How are we going to do? I mean, it does affect your mindset as an athlete. Um, Losses do affect you. Now, it's how good can this team bounce back from any losses that they might face? You know, how good can they go ahead and say, you know what, it doesn't matter. We're moving past it, and we can still do well this season. Um, I think they do have to come out and show that they – show basically who's boss. I think that that is so important, especially when you look at the mindset for the rest of the season, what teams have been able to do. It's important to win those first couple of games. It is, it truly is. I mean, you look at last year where they had a a start like they did and, and where that led to. I mean, you want to start off strong because it sets you up for success. Yes, there is pressure, especially when you read what media is saying, national media is saying, about this schedule, this uh, this team, 
you definitely have a lot of pressure. I, w- I would be shocked if, if if one of the players told me they weren't pre- they didn't have any pressure on them uh, going into this year. But I think that that's something that we'll see how well they handle it. I think Sam Pittman has trained these guys well enough to handle that pressure. We'll just see come that first game. I mean, really, it could go, you know, one way or the other. And we'll have to see when it comes um, comes that first week of uh, the season. Yeah, and I'm going to wrap it up here. Courtney, what do you believe, uh, where do you think Sam Pittman's mind is at as far as what he thinks his team can do this season? Oh, I think he thinks they can do a lot. I, I think he manages his expectations. I think he, that's very smart to do. I don't think he's going out and telling people we're going to win a national championship. I think he thinks that that's always, that's always a possibility with every team. Come on. I mean, that's always a possibility when you have a team like he does that is talented enough, you have to think, hey, our goal is to win a national championship. But I think he manages his expectations. And I think, honestly, I think he thinks that they can do better than they did last year with a better record. And I think that they can get back to a bowl game that they maybe, I don't want to say that they can do even better than that because I don't want to, you know, put anything out there. I'm a little superstitious. But (laughs) I think that they can... I think that they can do better than last year. And I know that's a bold statement. I know that's a bold statement based on what they did last year and what they were able to accomplish. But I do think they that he thinks they can do better than last year. I mean, what coach wouldn't? You look at that team. You look at the talent you have. You look at the coaches you have, the coaching staff. When we talk to Sam, and you guys might feel this too, I always feel like he's so calm, cool, and collected that there's no nerves that he'll he'll answer any question you have for him. And that's just because that's who he is. But I also think that's because there's an element of confidence that he has in this team, this program. And I'm not saying they're perfect. He identified what they need to work on in spring. He, he came out and said, here's what we need to do for fall. Here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to work on. So he's not saying they're perfect. But he, I think, going into fall, we're going to see a Coach Pittman that says, yeah, I think this team can do a whole lot when it comes to success and winning games and having even an even better record than they did last year. Well, Courtney, we really appreciate your time. I mean, stepping away from the studio to come be on the <laughs> podcast. So, you know, we'll, we'll end it there. But, again, always welcome on the show. And, hey, oh, good luck thanks. to you getting to witness your, uh, you know, and, and cover your first football season. Oh, I'm so excited to step into Razorback Stadium that's not a concert setting because the first time I went into it was Garth Brooks, <laughs> which was awesome. Don't get me wrong. If you were there at that concert, you know how awesome it was. But I'm excited for football. You know, it's 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 like you're kind of walking into a stadium and you're like, this is not what, what it's supposed to be. <laughs> it's not supposed to be a Garth Brooks concert. I'm supposed to be stepping into the stadium for the first time and there's supposed to be a football game that's played in, you know, two hours or an hour or whatever it is. But well, at least you got um, a hog call. They did do the hog call during the concert. The so they, they got I you right prepared. Excited. I learned it. I'm good. I've done it multiple times now. I've shown my friends. I've shown my family. I love calling <laughs> the hogs. It's a good one. <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for segment number one. After the break, we're going to talk about some, you know, possibly conference realignments with the new college football landscape and what that could possibly do for other sports. But, again, we want to thank Pitchtrail Nation's Courtney Mims for coming on with us, and we will catch you after the break. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. 
Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. And we want to welcome you back to another live show of the Hog Talk podcast. And before we get started in segment number two, we are going to welcome our new sponsor to the Hog Talk podcast. It is Camelot Exteriors based out of Norman, Oklahoma. I've been doing a lot of direct TV work, and there's been a lot of hailstorms come through the Fort Smith area. So anybody who needs any roofing exterior needs in the Fort Smith area, be sure to reach out to Camelot Exteriors at 833-799-7663. And Jacob, I guess what we'll start with that, you know, we, we alluded to it in the, in, before the break and something that just didn't even cross my mind until we just now started. But, you know, there's going to be a conference super conference alignment coming and where do you think really you know because we already got OU and Texas coming to the SEC I mean do you think this is going to be like a monopoly game between the Big Ten and the SEC to see what kind of teams they can get in each conference I mean where do you see the Big Ten and and the SEC And, and biggest question is who's going to get left behind in your opinion when all this goes down yeah, so man, this has gone really fast. Like I've, it is so going so fast that you can't keep up with it. But you know, it's it's weird. I always think the SEC is going to be the bigger brand than the Big Ten uh, because obviously you've got the northern teams and you've got Ohio State and you've got Michigan. They're they're bringing in the uh, former powers of like USC and then UCLA. Obviously, they're they're two storied programs. But then you think about the South and the teams that you have, and, and you think it's gonna—it's like college football North versus college football South, and you're—it's like you're gonna have—it's—it's it's weird. It's 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 really crazy. But then you have like UCLA. You know, at some point you think maybe they're gonna have to travel all the way to Rutgers for a eleven o'clock kick. <laughs> it's just—I don't think that would ever happen. Just because if we do go to two mega conferences. It's gonna be. It's gonna be where it, I don't think anything's really gonna change besides the name of the conferences. You, you're still gonna have the. You're still gonna have the schedules. Uh, you're, you're still gonna have your non-conference games where you're gonna fly like. But you're, I think it's gonna be more regional. You're, you're gonna have your two big conferences or maybe three big conferences, but you're also gonna be regional. So so I, it's gonna be a weird a weird thing, Porter. And it's gonna be after something you know something we're gonna have to get used to to be honest, but, you know, I don't know what your thoughts are, but it's, it's going to be weird. I haven't really put my mind around it all because it's happening so fast, like I said. But it's it's I feel like you're going to see – I think you're going to see football in the South be more powerful than the football teams in the North. I, I see college football finally starting the puzzle pieces of breaking away from the NCAA. Yeah. I see yeah. college football finally modeling and getting to model after the NFL when it comes to a marketing standpoint. I mean, we're in August. We're always hearing about free agency or, you know, the, when the t- from the team wins the Super Bowl up until next season, there's always some kind of news when it comes to the NFL. They're the best when it comes to marketing and always making how they time the draft, how they tra- time everything that they do there's not really too much that goes on that somebody is always talking about the National Football League. And I think when the, when the college football landscape gets to where they're going to go, I think that's what's going to happen. You're going to have – I mean, we're already talking about it year-round kind of to begin with ever since the yeah. transfer portal and, and, and then NIL. But I think it's a really good thing for college football. And here's the thing, and people who say that, well, it's turning NFL, but it – whether you like the NFL or not, it's still watchable. It's still the most popular sport in America. And if you get every single game, you're not you're, you talk about these 11 and that's the thing that I laughed about the most is everybody was talking about these UCLA games and I mean, what do you think about West Virginia going to the Big 12? I mean, right. I mean, they had to do the same thing travel way across. There's no difference between West Virginia going and playing TCU opposed yeah. to now UCLA and and USC going and playing. I mean, UCLA or, I mean, USC played Notre Dame, you know, almost every year. So they're they're mm-hmm. going to be used to it. And with and we're not playing in 1800 no more where they're driving a train across the Rockies. I mean, you're playing, you know, you're on a charter jet. You're going three hours, four hours, you know, five at the most, you know. So 
And, and with how they plan now, you could leave out on a Tuesday, and you get two days of practice, and you're ready to go. So my biggest thing is, what is you know, with all these conferences, where's all this TV money going to go? Where's all these TV rights going to go? When are these games going to be played? But also, the biggest thing is, you've got to realize the NCAA is a business. And with the name, image, and likeness, and all this transfer portal stuff, they were like, "Okay, we're, you're going to do this. Now we're going to make the we're going to make more money off of the college football landscape." And I think that's where they're going with this. Y'all want to make money? Okay, we're going to let you make your money, but we're going to form these super conferences, and we're going to get our money back from you know because they're still recuperating from COVID. You know, all these programs, and now. Yep. With the popularity with all the other secondary sports, you know, everything's relied on football. So I think it's it's well played. I think it's going to be a very good thing when it comes to – because, like I said, you know, we talk about the South, but I think when it comes to it, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame football, I think the Northeast is really the only place in the, in the country that kind of gets lost out opposed to the Pac-12, but they play their games so late. So, I yeah. mean, I think it's going to be a more national. I don't think it's going to be regional. Uh, I think they took the regional aspect out of it when UCLA and USC went to the Big Ten. But I think it's going to be cool when it comes to – I've seen one where they get these four big super conferences, and it's all big tournaments. Like, everybody, you're going to have – you're going to play a SEC tournament or a Big Ten tournament. The top two teams out of that play for the Big Ten championship, and it's almost like a – a college world series format and the, how the bracket goes. And, yeah. you know, it's just every game's going to matter even more now. And that's where it's going to become harder is because, you know, we just talked about when Courtney was on, you know, what happens when you go. Oh, and two, well, if you've got 15 teams in your conference and you start off, Oh, and two, where does that put you? Yeah. And that's, that's part of the, the deal we're going to have to look at. Like, where like you're already in a hole, you're gonna have to boy, you're gonna have to reel off ten straight games, ten straight wins to to still stay competitive in your conference. You know that's that's just gonna be part of it. And and you know if they do, I, I like I like the regional like the conference deal where where the playoffs are. You know your idea because you have you still have the opportunity to say okay, we we have like these next couple of weeks. Maybe if we can just stay in the top four in our conference, we can we can still vie for a conference championship and, and be able to catapult us into the college football playoffs. I think that's a really good a really good point there. I haven't really thought of that, uh, you know, because you you have like maybe the southeast and you and, and then you're matched up with the people in the southwest. I, I think that's I think that's a really good thought there, Porter. I think I think that's I think that's a good way to look at it. But obviously, just like uh, how we were all, you know entrenched in uh, 16 teams in the SEC and the pod system going. And then the SEC comes out and says, we're not going to do pods. We're just going to do a 16 team and you're going to do either a six, a six, three schedule or a, or what was it? A six, three, three schedule or a, I don't really remember. Five, three, they, yeah. It's something like that. Yeah, five, three, five, three, three, two, three, three, like five, something. Weird. But yeah, yeah, you bring up a good point with pods. I don't think that will work because you're, you're, you're still conforming four teams yeah. to one section, you know, and, and it's almost like what's happened. Now you're seeing a lot, like, look at the ACC. They're doing away with divisions altogether. Right. Because we've seen a dominance, you know, in the ACC with one division and almost similar to, until Georgia, we've seen a Western Conference division, you know, dominance with Auburn and LSU and Alabama. So I, I think that it's going to be really good. But we got a, a question or, you know, or a comment from Richard Wright, and he said, I think it's bites for smaller sports, travel like volleyball and such, traveling coast to coast for those. But now we're in an age where volleyball are playing in these, you know, inter, you know, they're playing in these invitationals. Yeah. Softball is going to the Dominican Republic. They're going to Mexico. Women's basketball, they're going to the Virgin Islands to play. I, I don't think that – I think, honestly, just the point I just made, when it comes to you're making more money in football, it's going to allow for more of these teams to be able to go play – and, of course, oh, yeah. like I said, with the travel, you know, teams that are going to go play in these games, that's why, you know, the SEC, when they had the COVID, they played, and, and speaking of volleyball, like he said, you know, they play a Friday, Saturday. So they're playing two matches in two days. So it's not like 
you're playing a Friday game here, and then you got to go across the country to play somebody else the next day. You're playing two game sets, and just like with baseball, you're playing three game series. Softball's three game series. The only one really that you got to worry about is your basketball. I think that's going to be the biggest one because you play two times in one week. You you could look at just say Arkansas for example. You could be going to let's just say Arizona joins the SEC. You'd be going to Arizona yeah. on a Tuesday, and then on a Saturday you got to go to Florida. I think that's where it's going to come into the because there's so many games. It's such a taxing when it comes to your conditioning and running up and down the floor and in a, you know, the pace of play. I think that's what where it's going to come into the, the biggest play is what we're going to do when it comes to the basketball season. You know, that's going to be the, the biggest question. Football, you play once a week. You're going to be able to – it's going to give – and this is – let's be real. This is where it's geared towards. All these super conferences is basically college football because when it comes from a generic fan – when it comes from the, the, the casual fan, we care about basketball during March Madness, and you care about the College World Series That when it comes to baseball. When you're talking about Arkansas fans only watching Arkansas games, they watch it year-round. But when it comes to nationally, when you really take, you take interest in it, I mean, March Madness, the first weekend of March Madness is one of the most popular weekends in sports. So I think that's what we're wanting to do. We don't want those – Alabama Mercer games in, in middle yeah. of November. I think that's going to take away from it, and and a lot of the frustration is, what game do we get to watch? And and now, like me, I'm in, instead of having two TVs in my upstairs, I'm going to have to have three or four because like, what game are we going to want to watch now? I mean, we we could have, you know, Ohio State and Michigan one, then you have Arkansas and Texas, then you got or OU Texas, Florida, Florida. I mean, there's so many games that you're not going to. No, our wives aren't even know we're going to be alive for the next seven Saturdays when this all comes to fruition. <laughs> and the lucky thing is for me, my wife watches all the games with me because she's just as uh, big as a fan as what I am. Like we, football is a driving factor of this nation. Like if you, if you, like you said earlier, you, you ask every, anybody, and in, in, in the most popular sport in America is football. That, and and you look at being able to fill stadiums up and doing hot calls and, and being able to cheer them on. And there's no feeling like, you know, being able to be in a stadium and being able to watch, watch it from, uh, from your chair and in your living room. And, and, and football is just a driving force in America and, and it's not going to slow down. And, and you can see it because it's an arm arms race. We were talking about it. You look at, you look back at the time and, and, and be them before the super conference talk. It was man, who can have the biggest buildings? Who can have the the best workout or uh, the best uh, the best uh, uh, strength and conditioning facilities? Well, who can have the best uh, athletic facilities? And, and, and it started getting bigger and bigger. Well, now it's who can have the be- who can have the best conference? Who can put together and field the best uh, amount of teams in a conference now? And and who can have the biggest and uh, highest grossing uh, TV contracts? So, I mean, it's football is a driving force in America, and it's not going to slow down. Well, and, and another thing is, like, all with all this attention being on the transfer portal, where are all these players going, you know, all these commitments and decommitments and, you know, NIL, who's getting these deals? You know, NCAA is kind of like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're, we're going to start forming. Look, look why do you think that – you don't think that in, in some kind of way they don't already know what teams are kind of going to be aligned with who? I mean, they're yeah. waiting on Notre Dame, of course, because Notre Dame always, you know, they wait till the last second, you know. But I think Notre Dame has finally got to that last straw of the money in the stranglehold that your, your, your own copyright and your own TV money isn't enough what it could be if you join a conference. And with all this conference realignment, we don't – it could be – I know you're Notre Dame – I know you're the prestige, but it, it could be one of the things where you either join a conference or you're going to be playing UCA. You're going to be playing some of these schools yes. that are not in these conferences. And I think when it comes down to it, they're going to choose to join a conference. Now, they, they already kind of play an ACC-type schedule. There's been a lot of talk of the Big Ten. I think Big Ten fits them bigger and better. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see where they lie on where they go. But there is so many questions on – 
what could possibly happen with this college football. And, and it's a big talking point. And we're not – I mean, that's the thing. We're going to be talking this for two more years and, and uh, three more years until this all goes down. So then they're going to start trickling out TV contracts. I mean, they're playing their hand smart when it comes to oh, yeah. how much we're going to be able to – and help. It helps us. It gives us content to really talk about instead of trying to break down one, two, and three tied in for Arkansas. So <laughs> it's good news for us. You know, it gives us some talking yeah, points. But, right. but I kind of want right. to switch gears to the basketball side of things. And Jalen Williams, he, he, he's really been making some noise with the Thunder. He, he's played a couple of, you know, preseason games. And I know with preseason, it's just to get your guys that summer league some reps. But I'll tell you what, you know, he's been doing what has been advertised. You know, he's not going out and trying to get 25 a game. He's went out there and on the, and what scouts were telling me and my buddy Tyler at Sports and Culture was he was the best defensive guy in the draft. So, you know, he's been doing really good on both sides of the ball, and it's really come in. Plus, when you're playing with Chet Holmgren and, you know, you're getting to play with all those guys, it, it, it's been – and the other Jalen Williams, of course. It, it's been really cool to see him out there on the floor. Yeah, he – man, he is so crisp. His passes are great. I was a big Jalen Williams fan, and everybody knows it. Like, I, I really thought the uh, world of the guy for, for the past two seasons. But he's doing, like you say, he's doing basically what we all expect him to do. He's not going out there and being an offensive juggernaut, but he's doing the things, that the small things that need to be done to go out there and win ball games. Obviously, you're not going to see that every single night in the NBA because I feel like they, they take nights off just like, you know, anybody wants to rest a little bit and, and – uh, you know, but Jalen's gonna go out there and he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna carve himself out a role, whether it's defensively, whether it's out there, okay, you're gonna get a guy that goes out there and gets six or seven rebounds there and 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 keeps you in games. Uh, a guy that's gonna be able to extend your uh, offense out towards the uh, out towards the perimeter too, kind of open things up. His game fits the NBA style, and I'm really excited to see what he's gonna be doing uh, going forward. Yeah, and that, I think we talked about that last week. We we're talking about the draft yeah. and just the, the the amount of power forwards. And you know, when was you know like look at Chet, you know, he's seven footer. Ten fifteen years yeah. ago, that'd have been a center. But you've got, yeah. I mean, he's almost like a KD type prototype guy. And one of those things that I like is is he's kind of catching a lot of flack for being cocky. But you know what? He's backed it up. I mean, he scored yeah, twenty five points <laughs> in his first game, and I think he had ten and twelve today. They just played and ended up winning today. So, I mean, he's backing it up again. You know, you're, you're playing summer league and, 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 but you know, that's the perfect thing. I mean, that's what you, you're getting yourself ready for this long NBA season. It is a grind and it's 82 games. So I think Jalen's going to fit in. Well, he's going to, I mean, and guess what? He gets to play four hours from home. You know, you're talking yeah. about the Fort Smith and the tattoo we talked about last week. I mean, they're even playing some of their, their games in Tulsa. I don't know exact dates on that. I posted it on our Facebook page of, of their their tickets. So, I mean, you can click on that link, and I'm sure it could tell you. But, hey, Tulsa's just even, you know, it's an hour closer. So, e- even closer for those that live in, in, in Fayetteville and Springdale area. So, if you want to go watch them, you can go, you know, check them in action. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what him and, and you've got Moses Moody in the pros. He's out there doing summer league. Uh, JD Note, he's out there uh, doing summer league. Um, you know, it, it's great. I think Justin Smith's on uh, on the team too. I think there, there's either four or five uh, former Hogs in the summer league. But it's really cool because you know, for years it was just Ronnie Brewer and Joe Johnson roaming the NBA. Now Arkansas's got so many guys in in, and you look around the league and, and you're starting to see more Arkansas guys. You got the Bobby Portis. You've got Moses Moody. Uh, uh, You've had Joe Gafford. Can't forget about Gafford. Yeah, Gafford. You know, you forget about him being at Washington. So, and then you've got three guys that are potentially first-round prospects this season. So, the the respect that Arkansas is getting nationally, and then they're getting, you know, NBA guys there. I mean, before long, Arkansas is going to have a load of guys. Oh, Stanley Amude. I forgot about him. Yeah, you've got eight guy. total. I, I was look, I yeah. remember I've seen a tweet that they put out. You got Isaiah Joe, Moses Moody, Jalen Williams, Mason Jones, Mace. JD Note, Stanley Amude, and even Dust. They got Dusty Hannis on here. I don't think he's playing in the NBA or summer league. I know he's playing with uh, Team Arkansas TBT, which we will break that down next week, right before their their game. And then you got Justin yeah. Smith. So they're very well represented. Like I mean, you said it perfectly. 
you know, there for a couple of years, you had two guys. You had Gafford and Bobby Portis. And I think we all got tri- – I got tricked big time when when I seen they put out the thing where you could possibly go to Golden State. And I was like, holy moly. Then, of course, you got to really look at these uh, – you, you got to look at these names. It's almost like carding somebody now. You got to look at their – you got to vet their, their profile. And I think I had a couple of people going with that. So, uh, I do apologize for that one. But, oh, uh, I think, you know, we're starting to see the talent that Arkansas has. Nick Smith has already projected top ten pick for next year, maybe even top five, depending on what outlet you go. So, Eric Musselman's starting to build his juggernaut. And, again, just like, you know, Dave Van Horn did with the baseball, there's always somebody going to the pros in baseball. You're starting to see that not just they're going on a summer league roster. They're going to make it in the pros. And I think that's the biggest thing is you're seeing the jump between free agent guys or, or what they call it, an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. Now you're seeing guys get big-time deals. And that that's where if you're wanting to advance to these Elite Eights, Final Fours, and get a national championship, you know that's where we're at. You need three first-rounders or you need three guys that are going to end up being, you know, first-round draft picks and have your role players. So I'm excited yeah. to see, again, what we're talking about with Courtney, this football season and where this goes and – Next week, we're really going to start breaking things down. We're going to talk with some people about Team Arkansas TBT. They played the 16th in Omaha, so we're going to break that down and then really deep dive into the football season and get us because we're, we're getting closer. And I'll tell you what, this is one of the – you know, I can't believe it's already July. We're already halfway, you know, way past halfway through the year. And, you know, fireworks started. We all know that the Hootens magazine is going to come out. That's the unofficial, official start of high school right. football. So, hey – you know, it's good. It's exciting time. Yeah, and uh, two four seven. I mean, just to just kind of talk a little bit. Two four seven Sports put out an article today about uh, the toughest places to play in college football, and we were talking about the Razorback Stadium earlier and the hog calls and and how uh, cool it is, and what Courtney was saying, how cool it is and neat it is to go inside Razorback Stadium. How excited she is! So you have this unprecedented. Seven-game home schedule, never been seen before. And 247 Sports said today that Arkansas is the ninth toughest place to play in all of college football. And that, that to me, showed a lot of respect towards what Sam Pittman in Arkansas uh, is doing right now in the college football landscape. Because you think about uh, last year, or not, I mean, just two seasons ago, when Sam Pittman began this journey as a Razorback head coach, Nobody believed in him. Look, I was I was one that was skeptical. I'm thinking, you know, I love Sam and I love what he did at the University of Arkansas as offensive line coach. But we're hiring an offensive line coach has been a lifer assistant as a head coach, and he's proven me wrong. And I love the guy. I, I will I will I will vouch for the guy anytime. But Sam has done an amazing job, and and seeing Arkansas get the respect of of having the grand old lady. Razorback Stadium up on the hill, being feared once again, and and you've got seven games. You're starting out with Cincinnati. That place, I'll be there. Uh, I'll be there for that game. That one is going to be a crazy atmosphere because you're not opening with a Portland State. You're not opening with a uh, Eastern Illinois or Alcorn State in Fayetteville. You're opening with Cincinnati, a college football playoff contender, or not a contender, a participant last year. That place is going to be loud. It's going to be 99 heckin' degrees outside, but it's going to be loud and it's going to be crazy. And then you got the next week against South Carolina. It's going to be wild. And just imagine if Arkansas takes care of business the first four games of the season and they have and they're undefeated and Alabama's undefeated, ranked number one. College football, a college game day could be in town that week. And you know, last time the or the. Every time, every time a, uh, a college game day or, or a game even the day SEC when they were there for the crazy. Texas game, I mean, no, I still that was, wow. That was, I mean, it took me forty five minutes to an hour to drive around the stadium, and this was the yeah. night before the game. Yeah, yeah, it's electric, and I think that's the thing. You're talking about the stadium deal. I mean, it's always been intimidating. Other than you know the final years of, of you know, oh goodness gracious, Chad Morris. But yeah. they, they, it's always been a timid. But I think it shows now just, they, like you said, it all, it's all about respect. And I don't think that 
th- this was pandering. I don't think this was just a sunshine pump. It is a very intimidating yeah. place. It, it's become we, do, wow. we want we want Donald W. Reynolds Stadium to 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 be just like how Bud Walton Arena is. They yeah. want you know I think it was uh, McElroy. Um, Greg McElroy was said, you know, yeah, that was yeah. the toughest place, the loudest place he's ever played in. So you want to bring that energy because, I mean, you get a team to where they're doing false starts. They're having to call timeouts. You know, you're using that as an advantage, and that stadium can definitely bring that electric energy, and, and that could be the difference between winning some of these games that are, are 50-50. So, yeah, definitely ninth, I mean – it's hard to, you know, like really say that, you know, I mean, because you're looking at Penn State, Texas a Oregon, I don't, and I guess because I've not watched them, but Oregon right. I think is kind of overrated in a way. Um, LSU at night, Ohio State, I, the Horseshoe, of course, Neyland Stadium, Georgia, and then Clemson's number one, but I, I don't think that, I don't think Clemson should be number one. I mean, it's it, it's an intimidating really? No, I don't, but I don't think they're as intimidating as it used to be. You yeah, know, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about what you got to look at. It you know that you're going to go into this game and it's a tough place and an environment. And just what I've seen the past couple of years, it's not the environment. Like you look at Georgia, eleven o'clock kickoff against Arkansas, and they were packed. We we yeah. thought that that was going to be, you know, a, a a point where we could use that to our advantage. Oh, they're not going to be there at 11 o'clock. You've seen it. It was packed. Your word. <laughs> and, and you know, and then you've seen they jumped up to a 21 nothing lead. So, I mean, you, you yeah. see, again, how the SEC reigns supreme in, in any kind of thing when it comes to rankings and sports. And, yeah. But, yeah, seeing Arkansas at number nine and the fans really being able to be like, oh, yeah, and it's true. And so they are getting the respect. But, yeah. I guess and that's going to do it. Jacob, you yeah. you got one in any kind of final thoughts before we wrap it up in the next couple of minutes? No. So, I mean, I think uh, as we're getting closer and the excitement is getting there, like there was points in that interview with Courtney that I was getting chill bumps on my arms because I'm thinking of how exciting I am. Like she, she was sharing, you know, how the, how the transfers and the impacts of these transfers are going to, uh, be for this Razorback football team. Guys, there is there is true excitement. That's what I'm going to end on tonight. There is true excitement and something brewing in Fayetteville that we haven't experienced in almost a decade. Like, the excitement that we had during the Petrino years, like, I think it's returning. The nut years, I think it's returning. And I'm not going to – I, I want to temper my expectation because I said something last week that was like 11-1. and one. I, I th- I'm still going to go with that bold prediction for now. But – there's there's pure excitement right now. Let's be prisoners of the moment and enjoy this thing one night, one day at a time, because what we have right now is special. And, and we're kind of going back into what we had just 10 years ago, where it felt every single Saturday was important and it was special. And I feel like this right now is, a, is an authentic moment uh, as we've ever had as a fan base. And I think it's, I think it's going to be even more special this season, being able to watch this team. Yeah, the, the environment in Fayetteville is like a volcano. Wait, to, yeah. I mean, it's just—I mean, it's—it it showed spurts. You've seen spurts yeah. in every every season and every sport to where you're like, okay, the top's going to blow off. Well, yeah. other than basketball and their elite eight runs, the top really hasn't blown off yet. If right. if Alabama comes in here and, and it does, I mean, it—you know—Arkansas could be have one loss or two losses. If Alabama comes in here and Arkansas beats Alabama. The top is going to blow off. I mean, the people who were at the Texas game thought that that was something. You let Alabama come in here and you win that game, the top's going to blow off. And now what we it get, never be the same. it won't. And it's going to be hard. I mean, especially if you if you say both teams are going to be undefeated coming into that game and you have the atmosphere where SEC Network and, and College Game Day is fighting over, no, we want to come there. I mean, it, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. And I think it's going to be twice what we seen at Texas last year. Because, you know, last year it was Texas. It was just the rivalry and the fact SEC Network was here. Arkansas is finally working their way up. Now you've got a team that's poised. You've got your coordinators back, your head coach back. Alabama comes in here 
undefeated and Arkansas is undefeated, you're going to see something that's bigger. And if they were to be fortunate enough to win that, what we've seen it carry on. What we've seen this whole program, athletic program, you know, Hunter Yurchek got athletic director of the year. They finished seventh in the in the Challengers Cup over the whole, you know, they were the second team in the SEC. Florida was ahead of them. You know, we're seeing something that you're talking about special, but I've already seen the specialness of it. I think the specialness of it is here, what we've witnessed in all the programs, what Sam Pittman's done with the football team, you know, what Eric Musselman's done with the basketball program, just there alone. Bringing both yeah. of your key marquee programs from the bottom back to the top is special enough. And then you bring in the soccer, the softball, the gymnastics, the women's basketball. You know, everything on top of that's just adding sprinkles. And I'm telling you what, I'm, if the football team goes 9-10 wins this year, the excitement is going to be like no other. There's going to be all these sports shops around Fayetteville. They're going to be empty. There's not going to be any yep. shirts left on the shelves because everybody's going to want to go buy these shirts and be at these games, and it's going to be something that they have not – I mean, we can rival with the 70s and what happened, but I don't think it's going to be matched to anything. And I'm we're already there, I think, when it comes to the atmosphere of the fan base. I've never witnessed this before, so it's only going to get better from here. Yeah, I agree. Well, guys, that's going to do it for another episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. Again, we want to thank Bet Online. We want to thank all of our sponsors – our new sponsor at Camelot Exteriors. And we really want to thank Pictro Nation's Courtney Mims for joining us. And that will do it for another live episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. We will be back next week. Go Hogs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.